What's up, race fans, and welcome to another episode of The Piscino Report. This is the podcast that just gets straight past the hype and gives you, the MotoGP maniac, the lowdown on what's really going on in the MotoGP paddock. We pick the brain of the man himself, the man whose name is on the tin, Manuel Piscino. He's been around the paddock for around about 148 years, I think, which is amazing because <laughs> he's only 27 years old. It's incredible. Still as good looking as the day he walked into the paddock. Absolutely amazing. So here we are, 2021. It's episode episode 26. It's 26. Danny Pedrosa episode. And before That's we my age. Just, just my age, oh, indeed. At this point, I'd normally throw over to my co-host, Andrew, but at this point, I am actually going to go straight over to Manuel and go, boss, tell us a little bit about this guy. 26. 26. Danny Pedrosa. Why is he number 26? Tell us a bit about well, him. Mini, uh, mini Danny Pedrosa. Mini Daddy Pedrosa. Like because he's, rocket, he, rocket. he could, he has the size, he should be a jockey, you know, a horse, horse jockey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jockey, you say. <laughs> and, and this has been uh, for him a handicap all his career. Yeah. Which he, which he solved by developing the best riding technique ever, uh, any other MotoGP rider ever had. Mm. Because physically, it would be not po- it 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 was impossible you know on the theory for him to ride this type of bikes yeah but he did it and he did it very well and he finished a couple of time runner up yeah and he didn't win any MotoGP championship basically because of bad luck because yeah. he was he is so small and has been so fragile yes, all his fragile. career yep. Andra, that every time he crashed he broke something. I think he has a total of 70, 27 fractures God. in his body. And it's something curious, uh, an anecdote. There was a point where uh, Pedrosa refused to do X-rays. <laughs> because, yeah, no, he said that he had got so much radio, oh, the radiation. radiation. Of course. No more. Because I have gone over the limit, uh-huh. tons over the limit. So he refused. Of course. It stunted his growth, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> and, into the and, the, and there was another myth, another myth that in a certain, uh, in a winter between two seasons, mm-hmm. which I don't remember which, there was a myth that his uh, feet size okay. grow two numbers. Guru, uh, two numbers. What? He grew two numbers. Anything else? Yes. Yeah. Well, and this, how, how do you, yes, how do you get this to taking what? Ah. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Hormones and supplements. Oh. All uh, right. Do oh, they, do they test hormones? for that sort of thing? In, I don't know. But it, at the end, let's say that it was a myth. Let's say it was a myth. You get that from taking Viagra. What, bigger fate or a meal? Indeed. Okay, so the story of the 26 is very curious because it yeah, happens. So why 26? Uh, yeah, because uh, uh, there was a moment where a Spanish uh, telephone company called Movistar, mm-hmm. that, is this, that at that time was the second biggest company behind Repsol in Spain, Yep. So imagine the two biggest companies of the country were involved in motorcycle racing. 
Yep, I remember all through the nineties, all the bikes were the movie star blue, and that was the movie star Honda team, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and this shows how important or how important motorcycling was in Spain, because the two biggest company they had kind of a ring where they yeah. they fought each other in motorcycling sport, and of yep. course, with all this money arriving in the sport, the sport grew and made out of the sport what it is now. Yeah, exactly. In Spain. Okay, so this company arrives, and the manager of this company was Alberto Puig, Close my friend, friend my <laughs> my brother, my brother, yeah, yeah. This, Alberto Puig. <laughs> yeah, but but this is Manuel over here. This one, yeah, <laughs> it's, not my, it's it's the middle one. It's the yeah, middle one. This one. <laughs> oh, Manuel. <laughs> so, so Alberto has had uh, two teams. One team yep. in. Um, 125cc at the time that was the lowest class in the championship and the same in the Spanish championship that was kind of a how do you say a spring, springboard a feeder. Okay. A feeder team a feeder team okay so Alberto to make it easier to follow his riders on the screens on the lap time screens he wanted he wanted to give them consecutive you say consecutive numbers yes that's just yeah. lazy <laughs> yeah <laughs> so and then at that time he went to the to the inscription or whatever, and he saw that there were three three numbers in a row that were uh, free. Yep. That were that were twenty four, twenty five, and twenty six. Of course. So twenty five went to Tony Elias. Twenty four. Twenty four. Twenty four yep. to Tony Elias, who yep. turned into the first Moto Two World Champion. Remember? Mm, yep. Later. Then the second one was a, call, a rider called Juan Olive, mm -hmm. who actually works for uh, Mark VDS team. And he got the number 25 because he was the Spanish 125 champion at that time. Mm -hmm. And then the number that was left yeah, was, was left 26. <laughs> that they gave to Albert, to, to uh, to Danny Pedrosa. Some, right. some kid. He'll never make anything of himself. Yeah, just give him number 20. Okay. Yeah. Then, just as an anecdote, the, in the Spanish championship, he did more or less the same. So he, mm. give, he gave number 26 to Julian Simon, later yep. also 125 world champion. Yep. And number 27 went to... to Good Aussie lad. Exactly. Casey, Casey Stoner. Yep. Who was the he was okay. the foreigner of that team, Casey Stone? Was, but right. but look look at this. I have to say, Alberto is an idiot. <laughs> an idiota. <laughs> an idiota. There's, there's my new ringtone for you. <laughs> Alberto is an idiota completo. I think this <laughs> you don't need translation for this. Oh no! But can we can we get? Uh, we need this edited out for our um, preview for the episode. <laughs> yeah. Un idiota oh, completo. So yeah. But I have uh, it has to be admitted that he made Tony Elias number 24 world champion. Yep. He mm -hmm. made Juan Elive nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, Pedrosa was pretty bloody successful. 125cc world champion, 250cc yep. world champion. champion yep. Julian Simon, 125 world champion. Yep. And Casey Stoner, Casey MotoGP mm -hmm. world champion. So it yep. was. A good school, right? 
I'd that has so. to be admitted. Even me have to admit that. <laughs> <laughs> Did that hurt? Did that hurt? That yeah. Really hurt. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. I felt something here in the back. Oh, yeah. ah. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Oh oh, so, so there we go. So that's just the introduction, everybody. At this point, I'll just throw over to Andra and say, Love, how you doing? It's, it's been a week without motorsport. Were you watching the F1? What's going on? No. Do you know what? I promised a mate at work that I was going to go and watch the F1 um, series on Netflix if he watched the MotoGP stuff. <laughs> Manuel's face. Oh, Manuel, I, I couldn't do it. Oh. I started to and I messaged him. I went, I'm doing this. And I just, I just, I just... <laughs> I we can't be friends. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll get there. I'll, hey, I watched a couple of minutes. I'm getting there. But um, yeah, it's I'm getting a bit sad and nervous that there's only three races to go. But yeah. I have full intention next year once the world's not as crazy that we can travel and finally go to Phillip Island and finally get to Europe and meet Manuel for the first time in person and it's just so you know, close. oh my goodness. I know. Did it's you crazy. see the, the, the? Did you see that the? calendar came out for mm-hmm. 2020. Yeah, I think season. we need to book our accommodation for Phillip Island. Oh, yeah, I've started making book- inquiries already, don't worry. <laughs> it's within a year. I think we could uh, I think- try to to meet earlier than a year. But it will be it will be crazy. I don't know how many races it's, there are. It's way more than yeah. normal, right? Like there's a 20, lot. 23 like or something. Three or four of those races are gonna are gonna yeah. disappear. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they won't look happen. the, the sure. new that got introduced, so there were 19. Oh yeah, there will be probably 21 races because yeah. the new one are will be Finland. Yeah, Kimi Ring. I'm really looking for if that happens. I'm really looking to Kimi Ring. That'd be good. Can we just take the year off, Stu, and just go to all Yes. yes. Manuel, we can. Manuel, Manuel will employ us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, the, uh, we have a swimming pool. That's what we yeah, I'll, that's I'll all clean. We need. Stu can clean that's the pool. <laughs> Stu can clean the pool. I'll do the food and cleaning. Oh, God, <laughs> you bring your, your barbecue technique. Oh, exactly. easy. Chuck yep. some shrimp on the Barbie, <laughs> yep. which we um, don't really do in Australia, do we? Uh, not at all, no. I mean, I, look, I'm, I'm, I am quite cheap to keep. I don't eat a lot. Admittedly, really? I drink like a fish, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hang on. I think you just called me fat. No, I've seen you eat. I've seen yeah, you yeah, eat. Yeah, you have. All right. Okay. But, all right. Look, hang on. Hang on. What, what, on, what, what, on. Moment. on. One moment. I have a question. Do fish drink? No, they breathe. Wow. That's what they do. They breathe water. Yeah, that's, that's you know all what, I'm doing you know what, right now. You know I'm just what, breathing. I'm just you, breathing. You know what fish do in water, right? That's not what I meant, but okay, yes, yeah. they do. <laughs> they also have sex. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Right, here we are. So look, we're, we're 10 minutes in and we haven't even gotten to the point of what we're going to do. Yeah, this is going downhill really fast. Indeed. Uh, let's get the nipples out. Who are we talking about today? Yeah, indeed, indeed. <laughs> who are we talking about? Of course, the only person who's going to get his nipples out Mr. FQ20, Fabio Quadraro. We figured, look, it's a week off. You can tell we're already pretty loose. We've, we've, we've had a couple of drinks before we came on air. So we thought, look, let's have a chat about Fabio. Um, it's, it's not a foregone conclusion, you know, but we'll touch wood. He's, he's reasonably close to winning a world championship. So Manuel thought at this point we could we could take a few minutes and have a chat about him and talk about talk about some of his history and uh, and and how he's come up to where he is now. So I'm very uh, so keen to episode, hear where he came from. Like exactly, I've only seen him for the last few years, but yeah, has he been this amazing the whole time, Manuel? 
Well, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah Manuel. Well, let's, 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 let's talk about the, him. Yeah, the first thing we have to say that he's only 22 years old. That is ridiculous. You honestly. can tell by his so, chest. I don't remember anymore yeah, what, way, where I was, what I did when it was when I was 22. But for sure, I didn't win a world championship. Yeah, I know. Exactly. I looked up the year he was born. I'd already been in the navy for a year, so I feel really <laughs> old. Was he born in 99 or 98 or, or 2000? Oh my 99. god! Wow. Yeah, that I'd, wasn't that long ago. No, I'd, I'd I'd been in the air force for like four years. I was a licensed <laughs> engineer. Oh my where, god, Manuel, Manuel, where were you in '99? Were you in Brazil? I, still? Was, I was celebrating Alex Crivillier world title in Rio de Janeiro. Beep, 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 and you never beep, left, beep. did you? That's right. That's right. That's no, but yeah, that's the year that Mick Dillon uh, got injured and, and couldn't yeah, finish exactly. the world, yeah, world yeah, championship. Yeah. And, right. and that was already my seventh world championship. So. Right. Wow. Long time ago. Okay. Yeah. 22 yeah. years old, 50 po- 52 points uh, advantage in the, in the championship. With three, with races, three to go. races to go. This means that if Fabio Quartararo finishes in front of uh, Peco Bagnaia, the championship is his. That's right. But let's put a pin in that for a second because that's not a foregone conclusion. In Mazzano, and they've already doubled the crowd in there. There's going to be like hundred, like what, fifty, hundred thousand or something screaming crazy Italians <laughs> going nuts for an Italian guy, an Italian bike. Plus, there's some guy called Valentino Rossi. Who cares? Um, but they, they're going to be going crazy. So it's not going to be easy for him. No, not at all. We saw the last time, uh, what one month ago, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Peko finished first, and Fabio finished second. So we will see uh, if it happens or not. But let's, uh, uh, how do you say? Let's imagine, no, let's. Yeah, let's assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Assume, exactly. Let's assume that he's the world champion. That probably, look, there must be a cataclysm. Which uh, we've probably probably just set the universe into some bloody something that's going to. Yeah, but anyway. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. The universe is, yeah. the universe look, is going to have some crazy times. Exactly. This photo that you put, that is uh, Fabio Quartararo in Barcelona with the zipper of his uh, leather mm-hmm. on, is is perfect picture to remember what Fabio went through during the season. Exactly. What was that? That was a three-second penalty, and I think he got put to sixth after that Something little like that. incident. Yeah. 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 So that uh, would have yeah. But the interesting thing, look, the... The racing is very cruel. Uh, the, he had because, arm pump? Yeah, but hang on. Racing, you just remember the last two or three races, maximum. Mm-hmm. But remember that he started fifth in the first race. Mm-hmm. He finished fifth win- with his teammate winning. That's yes. right. Yeah, Vinales yes. had a... Stormer to the season. Didn't ever was exactly. oh, Vinales who, who is remembers? Back. We yeah, were Vinales. saying on the episode, is this the real Vinales, weren't we? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So then he made first and first, second and third race. Mm-hmm. So yep. that it was it's Quartararo the man. So right, we like, are similar to last season, right? Didn't he win the first couple and then he got a bit? Mm. Yeah, well, last season was a disaster. But mm. let, uh, he, he finished eighth in the championship w- when he was first with four races to go yeah, in 2019. Mm. But anyhow, okay, let's focus on this year. So then he wins race two and three, and he was leading easy, remember? Yeah. Easy in Spain. 
easy. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. it was another 25 points. And suddenly, bang, <gasps> yep. he starts to, to lose ground, lose ground. Remember, Super Jack Miller arrived. Yeah, Jack didn't what, know what, what had happened. He just went, okay. Well, <laughs> okay, he's giving me the... <laughs> so uh, Fabio had that problem with his right arm. And it was not the first time because in 2019, he had his first surgery on that arm. Yep. The same arm. So imagine he was just rocketing through, uh, to the championship and suddenly <gasps> stop. Mm -hmm. he, went to, he, he went through the surgery and then came back. And if I don't remember, ah, then he had that race in Le Mans. Remember? In the wet. With the with the weather condition that yeah. he's so, he, yeah, he's so un, yeah. mm -hmm. unstable in these conditions, right? Yeah, he, he doesn't mm -hmm. like those conditions, yeah. Yep. Exactly. So when uh, it seems that suddenly he got a stop in his, in mm -hmm. his uh, performance line, yeah. you know? And his, and, mo his momentum really, exactly. really stopped, didn't it? That's right, yep. Did he? And then, yes. Andra? Oh, no, I was going to ask. I'm jumping off a bit here, but did he He started seeing a psych? I think we spoke about that. He was seeing a sports psychologist or whatever this season. Yeah, no, but this, look, uh, I think that we have um, the big difference of Quartararo this season compared with the other one we saw in 2020 where he lost ground unexpectedly at the end of the season is that he he looks super mature in all this episode that we have just spoken about and then remember the zipper in barcelona okay mm -hmm. remember the bad result in motorland which is his worst circuit mm -hmm. so there have been some episode that would have destabilized yep. the yep. Quarta last year quartararo yeah yeah but this he has he has been uh, he has been capable to keep the serenity, serenity, mm. Andra, serenity. Yes. And <laughs> and you know and and handle it, you know. Mm -hmm. So we see that age mental maturity and, that yeah. yes, age age and maturity is not the same because his age is very young. Okay, so how did he get this serenity and this matu maturity? Everyone is pointing his uh, sport psychologist. Right. Yep. So when I did an interview with him uh, some races ago, I said, okay, Fabio, I think that if you win the championship, the, the credit has to be given to the psychologist because it seems now that he is the man who rescued you from, mm -hmm. from the disaster. He said, well, no, it's not like this. He said to me, and this was in last september when i had this chat with him wow okay he said to me look it's not like this okay i i don't care but it's not very true and i he said i don't get upset but it's not true what people say he said the last time i saw my psychologist was in december last december oh wow okay, so well, there you go. nine months ago yep and he said and basically i i worked with him for four or five uh visits sessions. Ah. Yep. sessions okay yeah the word is session and he said what he did and this is so interesting what he did was basically show me to do 
certain exercises when I see or when I feel yeah. that the stress is arriving. Yeah. The anxiety and anxiety. 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 Yeah. Yes. So he said, and this is exactly what the psychologist of Dovizioso did with Dovizioso. Exactly. Yeah. We spoke to him last year. That's right. Just give them tools so yeah, they can the use key, it themselves. The thing is to to notice when the first the first signs arrive. Exactly. You understand? Yeah. So yeah. okay, I am starting to get. Let me stop this, block this. And this mm -hmm. is exactly because once you get into anxiety, yep. Okay, then it's very it's much more difficult to get out of that. And I think yeah. so the it's thing like is, it's so fast too. They've got to be able to react. Yeah. So the thing is to not let it arrive, you know, to mm -hmm. detect the symptoms and block it. And then he said to me, he showed me basically two exercises. And, the, and they are pretty simple. And I remember I, I told him, well, tell me one of them. I don't remember if he told me that putting his finger together and and, and pressing, okay. I don't know, but something the that physical distraction mm -hmm. exercise. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So okay. that's what that's what he basically uh, made him control the bad moments that mm -hmm. last year was like his uh, mantra, you know, what 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 uh, made him lose the championship. So yeah, this yeah. is the big the big difference of the actual Fabio. What then, I'm saying, yeah, yeah. What I, what I, what I've noticed with what you're saying there as well is there's there's really um, as we keep saying he's 22. That's, that's the main thing. He's still only 22 years old. This last year, he's had the, um, the mental growth as well, I think, to be able to take these tools on board and use them. He's also had that extra year on the bike to be mm. able to get used to being around the environment a bit more. So that can become more natural and allow him to focus on all those other things. Because I think the thing that we forget with all these, look, kids, I'm going to say it, they're kids, they are kids. We, we forget is they're in this dynamic changing environment. And especially like we talk about, you know, being excited to see Remy and Raul go up to MotoGP next year. It's going to be a completely different environment for them. And there's going to be a lot to, for them to process in their heads. Um, for Fabio, that's probably happened over the course of, well, it was, there was two years there where he was, you know, in the satellite team and then up in the main team. Um, I think that he's at the point now where he's been able to assimilate all that and really be able to do the day-to-day -day stuff naturally and let his body do the, the riding. And now he can focus on those, as you say, Manuel, the, um, the, the exercises, the, the getting rid of the stress, the mm. cutting the finer edges of things to allow him to become the world champion in the future. Stuart, it looks like that you wrote the book. And I, was just sitting, I was just sitting there in awe and I was like, I wish I could explain things like Stu does. Him. Look, Sorry. because I have, <laughs> uh, uh, there is coming out a biography or written by a good friend of mine, uh, Michel Turcot. Mm -hmm. French journalist and I obviously I have spoken with him a lot and it's exactly what you said 
in a different uh, version, but it's, it's that, yeah. look. Yeah. Let's first explain how the, the, the line, okay? The line, the, the CV, the sports CV of Fabio Quartararo, right? Yeah. So he, as a very young kid, his father realizes that he was the fastest in France, so he had no rivals in France. Mm. So to grow, but we are talking a seven, eight year old kid. So the father realized that he was winning too easy in France. So he started to move on weekends to Italy and to Spain. Okay. Yep. Italy with the mini bikes, but then he focused in Spain that where, where the big championship happened. Yeah. Yep. And he said to me, look, every weekend we traveled around 1000 Ks to go to racing and 1000 Ks to go back. We are talking of a kid that the father picked him up at the school and drove straight to the circuits. And yeah. basically, probably some, some Mondays, he arrived and let him at the mm. door of the school. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And for those Aussies listening and watching, that's Brisbane or Sydney. That's, that's no mean feat. That, that's a big distance. I needed to know but that. Too. Every Thank weekend, <laughs> every weekend, every weekend, his mm. father and him. And this yeah. is, uh, look, and this obviously had an influence in Fabio as a kid, because look, look how funny it is. And if you keep thinking, he said to me, I don't have friends, mm. uh, kid friends. Mm. You know, I, I, can, I cannot say this guy is my friend since I was a kid, mm. because he said I was never there. Yeah. yeah. I, I like was we, old, we need to do racing. Sorry, yes. Manuel. No, on, I was, go was going to say, we need to do an episode almost on the parents of all these riders because they're the ones that have driven them and got them there, isn't it? Like, because they have to start at such a young age and they give everything for the You know, everything and they, and they put a mortgage on their houses mm -hmm. and yep. many get bankrupt. Well, but returning to him, to Fabio, he said to me, every weekend I was racing and I told him, and when there was no races, we did 1,000 Ks just to practice. Ah, wow. So it was absolutely crazy, but absolutely. Yeah. How do you keep a Look, kid focused like that? Yeah. No, it, that's what he liked most. So yeah. And, yeah. And he said, I didn't miss having friends because what I liked more was to write media. But we are talking eight, nine years old kid. Mm. Wow. That normally just for, want just to for context here, Manuel. So I, I put my son at the age of probably six or seven years old. I put him on a mini bike. Um, he proceeded to ride it up my driveway, full throttle, smashed it into a letterbox, rode it up the letterbox, fell off it backwards, cracked his head, and promised never to get on a motorbike again. <laughs> I thought I had the next prodigy in comparison, you know, just saying chalk and cheese. So I thought I had the next McDoan on my hands. You know, I thought uh, surely coming from my blood, you know, surely, <laughs> it has, has to, he has to be some kind of motorcycling God. Um, no, literally rode it up a letterbox and never gotten a bike again. So that yeah. is fantastic at that, at that age, it's that insane. kind of focus at that age is, is, a, is no, rare I, I, in itself. Claro, it's obviously that he was completely committed. And then, look, uh, uh, one night talking with an Italian uh, journalist, he told, him, he told me that he remembered having seen 
Quartararo racing on mini bikes in Italy. And he said wow. to me, at that moment, you could see that he was different from the others. But it was at that age. Yep. Yep. You know? And then, look, I have here his CV because I had to write it down because mm -hmm. it's impressive. So when he started to come to Spain to race, so he raced in different championships, but 2008, yeah. a Spanish champion in 50cc, so small bikes. 50cc, yeah. 50cc, 2009, Spanish champion in 70cc. 2011, Spanish champion in 80cc. 2012, Spanish champion in a category called pre-Moto3. Okay. So that's and probably then, like metric kit bikes, that kind of thing, isn't it? That's, yeah, 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 the, yeah. Are the bikes with the same sizes yep. and weight distribution, but less power. Yes. So yep. the kit gets used to the move of the bikes yep. and they are heavier than the Moto3. So yep. when the bike... The kid jump on the Moto3, it's easier for them. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Tw 2012, pre Moto3, world uh, Spanish champion. Mm -hmm. And then he won in a row 2013 and 2014, the Spanish championship. Wow. And look, okay. so, so everybody was like saying, oh, who the hell is this kid? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and when, when did Mark Marquez start winning world championships again? When was his first world championship? It was 13, was in MotoGP, 15, the Moto2, 12, uh, 14, the first, 14, the, no, 13, 12, 11, 2009. Right. So he was basically four or five years behind Marquez. Yes, and I tell you more. On the he's, same trajectory. The, oh, I actually seen those photos of him together when he's like the little kid with all the all the all the big guys. Yeah. And I tell you something, the guy he always raced in the team of Mark Marquez manager. Ha. There you oh, go. I did not right. know that. Yeah. And the stream was Estrella Galicia team. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, so yep. obviously, look, he was so brilliant and he impressed so that the FIM, the International Motorcycle Federation, mm -hmm. changed the rules to allow Fabio Quartararo enter the championship under the Younger. age. That's right. Under the minimum age. Yes. Which is opposite to what we spoke about in our last episode yes. about the people exactly. being too young. So yep. he, he entered the championship with 15 years, being 15 years old. Wow. So and how, how what did he go in that first year? Hang on. All what we, we have just said before. was before being or so 50, 14 and down. You know? So he's even as a as a as a kid and a young teenager, he's established a culture of winning in his head. And he's Absolutely. he's established a drive that I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna win and I'm gonna go to the next thing. And it's a it's he's put him or is He's nearly. A, he's he's, he's a week on, he's away, a week or two away from the pinnacle. Yeah. Yes, and and I tell you something super interesting. Look, before we switch in his when he entered in the world championship, in these races in Spain, there was a guy who followed him and said, "Wow!" So he went to his father, to Fabio's father, and said, "I want to adopt Fabio." 
like actually <laughs> or jo- like serious like yeah, but uh, adopt him uh, yeah sponsor time. him adopt him yeah. but as a manager wow take him under his wing and yeah and so and the father said yes fabio moved to spain and lived with this guy in valencia what? he went to school in valencia and he finished the school in Spain with all his examens in Spanish. Jeez. So does he so, speak Spanish? I was reading an article tonight about if he speaks Spanish or not. He speaks Spanish as I do. Perfect. Because he has studied, he has finished mm. his uh, high school in Spanish. And he no, speaks English school, as well. So he speaks, and he speaks Italian. Italian because his grand-grandfather was from Sicily. Yep. That's why he's called Spanish and English. Exactly. (laughs) The dude's brain is bigger than a a small planet. That's right. Bigger than his nipples. Sorry, I'm just going to keep going back to that because I've got nothing else. Exactly. Yeah. He can ride a motorcycle better than any of us, or or maybe even as good as Mark Marquez. Who knows? He's got incredible abs and fantastic nipples. But you know what? He runs like a girl. (laughs) I was sending Stu clips this week of of Fabio running. My God, this you know, I did. I, I have not understand. Understand that. I'll have you find, not seen that? No. I'll I, find the videos, yeah. Manuel, and send we'll you. Stu and I have a little thing where we send each other videos of Fabio running because it's not. And after this, listening to what you've been saying, I have so much more respect for Fabio okay. and how amazing he is. But he runs like a girl. <laughs> He yeah. really this like is and and look and for those that are watching and listening and maybe a little bit offended look yes we apologize but you know it's one of those sorry not sorry moments we are australian and we we do take the mickey we do take the piss out of people a, a lot but we do it from for people that we love and honestly you, you we, don't yes you don't tease people that you don't like exactly we Ever. love fabio we have so much respect <laughs> for him we genuinely do but that's why we can say that he runs like a girl. He can um, skip like, like he skips <laughs> like a so, but this doesn't mean that we call him Lady Fabio from now on. Please. Exactly. No, that, that's right. No. Yeah. And and for Manuel, and, and, and Manuel, I know you've come to Australia a lot. You've 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 seen that Australians are a little bit different. They're, 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 yeah, well, I, I when I think of the Australian, I I see some White people coming out from the bush or something like this, you know. We can be quite <laughs> offensive. Yeah, we can. We can be. That, that's right. So and so, yeah. The short short story is no offense is intended. Exactly. We apologize yeah. if anyone's taking offense to anything. Um, but yeah, he has a very effeminate run the way he runs, and Australians, <laughs> if they see a point where they can um, make fun of somebody, they will make fun of them. But they will only do it for people that they love, and they will do it as a point of affection. So that that's all we're saying. Very good. Okay, Just so let's continue. <laughs> Clarified, so we don't get any bomb packet. Exactly. <laughs> Through Amazon, that, that yeah, we yeah. hear from oh, the powder. What Australia's powder? Australia's already upset the French this month. <laughs> oh God, haven't they? What? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let's not get into politics. Oh no, no. Okay, so uh, Fabio arrives championship 2015. Yes, 15 years old, but all the expectations went down the exactly the, down, the change. down the change. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. So uh, uh, he stays two seasons in Moto3, yep. where he finishes 13th and 10th, mm. which is obviously far away from 
what yeah. was expected after having seen how we arrived. Mm. And the reasons why, first, the, I have spoken with him, and obviously, I don't know if he would say all the truth, but he said, look, the first year I was so young, everything was so new. Uh, it was like I entered in the uh, first league, you know, the Premier League, and it yeah. was a shock. Which is so, sort of what I was saying before about the whole, you know, yeah, dynamic. Yeah, and, and, you, and you know what happened after that season? He left the team that had pushed him up there. Yeah, that's right. That that manager from Valencia that uh, had him uh, as a mentor, no? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. He decided that Fabio had to change the team. And this was, in my opinion, the big mistake. So uh -huh. he went to um, Leopard team. Great team. Fast oh. bikes. Yeah, very Let's fast. Exactly, very yeah. Jean Mier got a yeah, world, but world world. what but, happened? But that change, you, you don't need that change. You need stability at that age. Yeah, and the first season, they basically he says they put me to help uh, Jean Mir win the title. Ah, of course. Yeah. Okay. And look, what he was cheated because he always said in 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 that uh, Leopard team. They cheated me because I, all my career, I did race with Honda. And mm -hmm. that year, the team Leopard had an argue with Honda and they switched to KTM. Mm -hmm. And the big knowledge they have of the Honda engines that make them run, uh, be so fast. Yes, that please. year, it was a disaster for Leopard. Yep. And this was the year where Fabio was there. Yep. Mm. Okay. So that sort of explains that. But then somehow he still he still managed to get progression into Moto Two, yeah? Yes. So he got into Moto Two in the one of the best teams that were at the moment, the team pods. Yeah. And how so, how do how do you think that happened? Like thirteenth and tenth in Moto in Moto Three. Did he get that on the on the previous results in lower categories? Yeah, yeah. Because look, the good guys, I mean X Rider. They know who is good and who is not good. Okay. You know, by watching. So Fabio may not have got the result that everyone expected, but they see on track things different than, than us. x right. You know, they yep. can see, wow, this guy does something different. So mm -hmm. Sito, who is a shark, took him mm -hmm. and said, wow, this is the man. And look, and once talking with Sito Pons, he told to me, look, I had to convince my sponsors to get a French rider because my sponsors were Spanish and my sponsors that were HP computers at that time yeah. and other ones said to me, well, one French rider who has finished 10th in the Moto3 champions yeah. and, and Cito Pons was telling to the rider, trust me, the good guy is this one. The good guy is this wow. one. And the That's sponsors the that you want, yeah. Yeah, and the, and the sponsor they were proposing other Spanish riders. Of course. And Cito said, no, no, trust me, trust me, trust me. What happened? Uh, he finished 10th. Yeah. <laughs> In Moto2. In Moto2. So yeah. Yes. So at the end of the season, Cito said, I could not hold my speech anymore in front yes. of the sponsor. <laughs> I had to let him go. And yeah. at that point... Fabio has basically lost all his credit in the championship. Yeah. You know, the big fish that was arriving seems to be mm -hmm. 
a very small one. Yeah. Yep. So at the end, his like his last opportunity. Then he was hired by Speed Up, mm. a team that is like okay, it's like the back door of before yeah. going into the exactly. <laughs> yeah, up. I remember those guys, the Speed Up team. It was like yeah, sure, okay, yep. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's only one one team worse than the Speed Up is MV Augusta. MV, that's yes, the other, yeah, that's exactly. the very last. That's the very last. <laughs> so. He went there and then, you know, how do you say when you play billard, snooker that the pang, pang, yeah, 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 you have uh, because of triangle, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like pinball. He finished, he finished in the MotoGP team <laughs> because, luck. yeah, no luck because. The team, remember, Petronas team, they try first to hire Lorenzo, then yeah. to hire Pedrosa, and nobody, everybody was saying no, no, no. And mm -hmm. at the last moment, Quartararo had won a race yep. in Barcelona, had won a race in Assen, yep. and then suddenly said, this guy. So it was a, it was really a lifeline. Really yes. It, re it really it came out of nowhere. It, it was genuinely out of the blue. Like you say, it was... Um, Terrible results for three years in a row. Uh, he was in a below-average team. I think, personally, that the only reason that he even was even in the frame for Patronus, as you say, they were, they were looking for Lorenzo and Pedrota, all these other riders. I think that Patronus have always had a mandate to bring up new talent, young new talent. Mm -hmm. That's always been their thing. And I think when they looked at the Lorenzos and the Pedrosas and they couldn't get those, they had to look for young new talent. And if you look at what was available at that time, when you when you you put it in the box of young new talent, there wasn't much more that was available at the at the yeah, moment. Yeah, and I, I don't know if all also the passport has had some influence. Mm. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. So, but anyhow, it was destiny was clever, you know, mm. <laughs> very clever, very Indeed. clever. Yeah. And here we are three years later. So we're, we're thinking that perhaps in two weeks time, if he manages to stay in front of Peko, he will be world champion. But realistically, look, my money's on Peko for, for, for Mizano, really. Oh, yeah. So, true. So, true. Yeah. But so, uh, Stu, completing what you said about this continuous team changes because look until he arrived in the first five years in the championship he was in five different teams true very true yeah two yeah. in moto three two in moto two and the one in moto gp so, so this is the first so, time he's had stability no now he this year he changed to another one remember oh, yeah wow so yeah. oh yeah every time uh, andra every time you go into a garage it's like you have to learn a different language. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They've got to get to the, you. You've got to get cheap to them, mechanic. the bike. No, and but the, didn't, he, didn't he take the mechanic and, and everything with him from Patronus? No, 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 no. Oh, okay, okay. I thought he took some of the crew with him from Patronus. No, Stu, this, who can do this are the ones who are winning, not the one who is finishing 13th or 10th in the champ. Okay. So... Every time he had to enter in a garage where he didn't uh, know the chief mechanic. Mm -hmm. The chief mechanic didn't know him. Uh, when he said there is no grip, 
means something different for each chief mechanic. Yeah. So it was like, and this being so young, mm -hmm. we are still talking when now he is 22, when he arrived in uh, Petronas, he was 19. Yeah. 19. <laughs> Yeah, so this this is something that you never have to forget. So mm -hmm. and, and he was in Petronas and then two years in Petronas and then this year he moved again to Yamaha. Mm -hmm. And regarding this, my friend uh, Michel Tuko, who wrote that biography, mm -hmm. told me how important and look, this is important also. Have has been mentally for Fabio feeling himself valued mm -hmm. you yes. know like for him switching from a satellite team to a, a factory team has been like has like wow people appreciate me i think so they trust yeah. me yeah you know so this is so important and another important thing is that at the beginning of the season when he arrives in the yamaha team obviously vinales was the reference of that team mm -hmm. Yeah, clearly, yeah. Yeah, remember that he changed his position in the garage to sit where Valentino yes, was. Yes, yes. Yeah. Re remember him mm -hmm. saying, now I want to be the one, the bike is developed around, yeah. all this stuff. And Fabio said to his small hardcore group that surrounds him, very small, just two people, mm. that the first thing he wanted to do is to assault Maverick's position. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. This was between them, not officially, but now they yep. can explain it, you know, that, and it's on the book. He said, mm -hmm. I will do everything immediately to neutralize Maverick. Very cool. So when the first race Maverick wins and he finished fifth, <gasps> it not was against, against what he had planned. But what we spoke at the very beginning, instead of getting desestabilized, he keep the calm and won the second and the third place. Yeah. And sent Maverick into the crisis that mm -hmm. ended how we yeah. had. Yeah. But even looking at Stuart, so for those listening, Stuart at the moment, he's got a picture of Fabio there with the three Ducatis. And, you know, even with my limited knowledge to, you know, Ducatis are so much faster, blah, blah, blah. But he's just, he's defied everything and every expectation and every stereotype to really stand out with what he's doing this year. Yes. Yeah. There are tracks that he's winning at where we've said before, oh, yeah. this is a Ducati track. Mm -hmm. It's clearly going to be a Ducati one, two, three. And Fabio has won and we've come back the next week and gone, what the hell what? just happened? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he, he won in Mugello. He won in Mugello. Exactly, ex exactly. The performances that he's had um, have been absolutely amazing. And uh, combined, I think on top of that, the thing that's really um, stood out for me is when he isn't winning, he's still second, third, fourth. You know, he, he's, he's maintained, he's had a championship yeah. mindset, you know, which is so much mature, more mature. That's what your your Mick Doans and your Kevin Schwantzes and those guys have thought about championship mindset. It's been so much better. Yes, but uh, Stu, it's interesting because if you look at the championship chart, 
and you look the position of Quartararo, you will realize that there were a lot of, not a lot, much more races where he finished not well that you can imagine. Right. Quartararo okay. won. Uh, Qatar won. Yes, fifth. yeah, we're fifth. Yep. Uh, Jerez, I don't remember, 13th or something. 13th or something, that's right. That was the arm pump, wasn't it? Yep, yep. Uh, Montmelo, the zipper. Yep. <laughs> that was back, yeah, almost back of the pack. That's three Aragon. races. Aragon. Eighth or something. Yep. Austria with the rain. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah that's right. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Austria with okay. the rain. No, then thanks he thanks saved, for calling me out on that. That's good. Yeah. And then he saved more or less Le Mans. True. Yeah. Very, very so, true. Uh, look, okay. Yeah. Six races because we, the same happened to me until I went to see because our memory, the racing memory is very cruel. You know? Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. And very yeah. short, let's say, very short. It, it is very, but, very short. So, but at the end, there have been a lot of, quite a few races mm -hmm. where things didn't go how we expected, yep. but he has been able to say, to, to um, admit it and say, okay, this is, Let's start from zero in the next one. Yep. It's yep. very, very mature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm what I'm seeing, what I'm going to kind of picking up, sorry, Andrew, I'll, I'll, no, no, I'll no. Let, let you go. Sorry. Um, is, is that he's still a work in progress. He's very much still a work in progress. So uh, I'm, I'm seeing that, yes, he's, he's winning. Yes, he's perhaps able to stay in that top four or five sometimes. But there's still, as you say, Manuel, there's still a lot of times where he could be picking up points where he's not. So you know what? If I was Mark Marquez or Jack Miller or um, Peko or exactly, I'd be quite scared because there's a lot of improvement still to be had. If he can get rid of those, like you say, zipper, that's that's ridiculous. Arm pump. He's not going to have that next year. He's had the surgery. Right. You know, he's got yeah. better. He's got better. With in, improve his riding yeah. in, in the yeah. rain. He'd have another 20, 30 points on top of what he Correct. has now. See you later. Yeah. And then you really are looking at a Marquez where it's like, forget it. Gone. So I'd be quite concerned if I was everybody else. Look, and you know that I am the fan of the numbers, right? And the statistics. Yeah. People asking me, what do you think can happen Will Fabio be the challenger that may stop Marquez? Okay. We know it's that clear. Marquez is the thing that stopped Marquez already. Yeah, but for example, we have seen this year that Mir is not that guy. No, mm -hmm. no, no. Okay. He has his world champion earned and nobody can take it from him. Yep, exactly. Yeah. What will happen for, from uh, with Fabio? So... Let's switch back to 2019, when he was a rookie. Mm -hmm. Remember the races with uh, Mark in Thailand, in Misano? Oh. Mark basically was playing with him until the last corner, the, yeah, yeah. the last lap. And he way. was a like rookie. Like a cat and mouse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but as, as Stu said, in percentage, how much was that 2019 Fabio compared with the actual, it was 20, yeah. 30%. And he was almost there. Yes. And he was probably com learning. Or he was and learning. Tell you something. This has been 2019, remember, 
was that this, the championship where Mark did most points, 420. Uh, yeah, yep. Fin finishing all the races on the podium, but one, mm -hmm. one that he crashed. Is that a record? So, Had anyone else done that? No. That was it, yeah. So remember, so this is good to have an idea mm. what we can expect of Fabio, because there will be no better markets than the one in 2019. Yeah, no exactly, way. exactly. But there will be, there is, on the theory, there will be a much better Quartararo from now on. Exactly, yeah, which is so quite scary, really. realistically, yeah. If, if, he's, if he's winning world championships and he is only 60 70% of the rider that he can be, Look oh, out. Exactly. Look out. Oh, my God. Amazing. All right. Fantastic. What, what an amazing one more, talk. Yeah. What, 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 one more thing regarding the maturity is the approach on the weekends. I think we mm -hmm. have explained this, but it's good to explain it again. You know, Fabio uh, has learned also that when the bike is not perfect, instead of trying to make the bike perfect, at a certain point, the rider has to accept what he has and put what their bike doesn't have mm -hmm. or try to put it and not getting into a tilt when the bike is not perfect. You know, yep. and this, this is his uh, Diego Gubellini, Diego Gubellini, mm -hmm. who is a super important figure in, in uh, Fabio's performance, is his crew chief. He has explained it very well. He said that when things don't work in a certain part of a circuit, right? Because the circuits, as we all know, are split in four uh, sectors. Yep. So maybe the bike is okay in two and it doesn't work in other two. So instead of trying to look for the perfect bike, what Fabio does, he starts to change mm -hmm. his position of the bike and his riding and his approach in these sectors. Yep. You understand? I think so we've spoken about that before. Yeah, the way he adapts and, and sort of, yeah. And it's interesting because they have worked the whole season with the same base mm -hmm. bike. Yep. For example, he told me when uh, in Aragon, he told me, look, this weekend, we will start here in Aragon with the same base we had in Qatar. Yeah. You know, and that's, it's just the complete opposite of the situation of Maverick Vinales in mm -hmm. the Yamaha mm -hmm. who changed the bike from one day to another. Oh, upside completely. Down. Yeah. Yep. From one morning to the afternoon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so all this together will make touch wood and he deserves it that Fabio Quartararo will turn into the first ever French elite uh, world champion. Oh, and he's just what words, yeah. So close. And yeah. I tell you something more. Probably we can do this. Is what will be only uh for the diehards and the super freaks. Mm -hmm. You know, uh Fabio's title, Touchwood, will make justice to the how to which is in English the word maldita. The, the generation, the French generation of the 80s and 90s. You're talking about Christian Saron. Before that. Oh. You know, there were, uh, there were a time where the French dominated the world championship in numbers. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. But they never won. But they never won there, a championship. Exactly. There was a generation Adra. They were killed. Five of them were killed in one year. Yes. Yeah. Racing. In, yeah. In racing and circumstances that look, for example, mm-hmm. there was a guy called Michel Rougerie mm-hmm. who ran over his colleague Patrick Pons and killed him in a race. Yep. Another guy called Christian Leon, who was specialist in endurance, got killed testing a bike in a Honda truck in Japan. Yep. Another one got killed in a, in one year. The whole generation disappeared. Mm. And, and out of that, a- that's that's why I sort of went to Christian Saron because he he sort of came out of the tail end of that. Exactly. And he, he was the shining light that was going to win them the world championship to give them the positive out of all of that pain, wasn't he? And he, he, he never got there. Exactly, exactly. Christian Saron was like, after this shock, you know, because the French, they were everywhere. Yeah. They were, and once they, they, they all came, and we are going very back, they all came from a, um, Kawasaki H1 um, Cup. It's a, yeah. So yeah. it all was, but the thing and the tragedy is he will, he, uh, Fabio will, make justice with the tragedy, the tragic generation of the French rider of the 90s. Exactly. It will be, it will be cathartic for them. Exactly. So it will close yes. the circle, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. And Wonderful. I get goosebumps when I, I remember yeah. what happened with these guys. But yeah, one me too. Killed in, in a, in a, on the street accident, the, but within months. Bam, bam, yeah. bam, bam, bam. It, it was an insane time. It was indeed. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we can we can see closure soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. We, can, so we, can, Fabio, we can have final catharsis. And Fabio, I have to say, as a as a person, is a super simple kid mm. because he's a kid, and you know, I hope it doesn't change and. One of the things that a consequence of not having had friends and nobody's as a kid makes that his closest circle is so small. Mm. Mm. He doesn't want like uh, Valentino, a whole village around him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like Mark Marquez who has this and this and this and the okay, communication, the manager, the <laughs> physiotherapist, the man. Yeah, yeah. No, he is just so close, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and they are friends. And this mm-hmm. makes him a little bit different. And he's a very open guy. So we hope he doesn't so, change. So can you quickly talk me through the possibilities of the next couple of weeks with Peko chasing him? I guess... Yeah, can you explain the points a bit to me? So you you said before, Stu, that you think Pekka will probably win next weekend. Think, yeah, I think Pekka will win next weekend, but you'll you'll see you'll see Fabio second or third at least. And realistically, there's there's not going to be that much points difference for 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 Pekko to even come close from here forwards. Um, Fabio needs to, needs to come off. He needs to come off twice. He needs to come off two DNFs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Got, yep. And if that happens, then Valencia, it's on, realistically. So the only way that there will even be a challenge is if Fabio DNFs in Mazzano and in Portugal. And I guess if you look at Mazzano, like 
Fabio's just got to finish his race and finish well. Pecco, yes. Pecco's got to go in and attack and go quite hard to try yep. and make up those points. So, you know, there's yeah. more room for error in the way that yeah, he and look, I, That's right. I can expect uh, what we saw in Misano. Remember, uh, Pecco just left after the mm-hmm. start and the other two Ducatis <laughs> tried to complicate uh, yep. Fabio's life. Yep. You yep. can, th- this will be the script for like the that. next race. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you said last week, Manuel, that because they've had the race there already, they've done testing there, the bikes should all be set up perfectly. Yep. We just get Ultimate to see the riders test. just go. Yeah, so probably, yeah, yeah, the money is, uh, is on, on Peco Bagna, yeah, that's clear. But then we go to me, to Portimao, where mm. at, at the start of the season, uh, the Frenchman won. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah. And it has been, by the way, now I remember the victory with the biggest gap of the championship, Fabio Quartararo in Portugal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we go to Valencia, which is the absolute favorite track of Fabio Quartararo. Mm-hmm. So, so realistically, it, if anyone's got any money, put it on Fabio Quartararo becoming world champion in Portugal. Portugal. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <Yes. laughs> Sports bet. That's the way to do it. You probably get a dollar ten, not much more yes. than that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like stealing money uh, yeah, from, from a baby. baby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's candy from a baby. Exactly. I'll take that. Thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Wonderful. Okay, guys. All right. Thank now. you so much. Look, it's it's been amazing. Thank you, Manuel. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, for a week where there's been no racing again, once again, you've 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 given us a, an incredible conversation. Um, a little bit of history that we can only glean from the insights that you can give us, Manuel. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you. And so nothing much. but more respect for Fabio than I definitely had it, an hour ago. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. look, again, imagine how small he was. He was a kid when he won 50, mm-hmm. 70, 90. So I yeah. imagine the, the bike grew with the same uh, speed that the bo- the boy grew, you yes. know. Yeah, exactly. From mm-hmm. CC to seventy CC. It's like the 20. evolution from apes <laughs> to human, and there's yeah. there's five. <laughs> You've got that graphic <laughs> where they go up. <laughs> and then he did 50, then, 70, yes. 90. So yeah. every you know so yep. small yep. increases that yep. sounds like no, a joke, but yeah. it's like. It's the way they learn, you know? Crazy, crazy. Wonderful. Incredible. All right, thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, guys. Andrew, have you got any, got any quick messages before we, uh, before, we, before we shoot off? No, not really. That's it? <laughs> I was, All right. I was just sitting here in awe. I was just looking. I was like, wow, what does the future hold for Fabio? At 22, he's about to yeah. reach the pinnacle of everything. Um, no, we've had heaps of messages from people, so I don't have any particulars right now. But um, I think we still owe someone a, a Pacino GP face mask, so I'll, I'll get on to you two about that. I think we forgot over the last couple of weeks. So we'll have a look through and get Manuel to pick someone. Okay. Um, yeah, just drop us messages, share, follow, subscribe, like, all of Indeed. that good get stuff. Get into it. That's, a, that's right. That's right. As she said, yeah, get on the, get on the socials. Um, hit the hit the notification bell, subscribe, follow, like everything. Blah, 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 That's what blah, I just said. Stuff. Exactly what I said. Exactly. Yep. Do it. Do it. Get on that. Engage with us. Bye we'll bye. Adios, oh. adios. Thanks very much. Bye. bye. See you. See you.